maybe share something with you from the word of the Lord, as well as those who may be viewing by way of live stream, share a word of God with you today. Amen. And we hope particularly for our visiting friends that this will not be the last time, amen, that you come and be with us. We, we don't want you to be CEOs. You know what a CEO is? Those are those people that only come to church on Christmas and Easter only. We don't want you to be CEOs. We want you to come around with us. Amen. And experience this great life in Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles, for we are a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, and Bible-obeying church. The New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There are some verses here that the Lord laid on our hearts to share with you. And I will direct you so in an understandable fashion we can hear the word of the Lord. We're going to begin in the 35th verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If we had more time, it would be better practice to include the entire chapter for context's sake, but given our time restraints, what we will do is focus on selected verses, and then we will fill in some of the gaps from the rest of our chapter through commentary in the name of the Lord. But we are going to begin at the 35th verse and follow along with me as I read down through verse number 44, and then we will skip to the 50th verse and read through verse 57. I will remind you of this as we go forward, but please let your eyes focus on these words that are recorded. 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial or heavenly bodies and bodies terrestrial, bodies of the earth. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. 
It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Hallelujah. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, hallelujah, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? I would like to talk to you this afternoon about victory through the resurrection. Victory through the resurrection. Praise our God. Come along with me. I'm not one of those ministers that seeks to please, but one that seeks to alert you to the reality of the word of God. And it occurred to me that one of the most plaguing questions that engulfs the minds of people is what happens after I die. Praise the Lord. Throughout human history, people have tried to tackle the answer to this question. Great thinkers and philosophers have debated it. People purporting to be mediums, those go-betweens between life and death, they say they know something about the world to come. Others have claimed to have experienced death firsthand and want to tell you all about it. You know, people get on YouTube all night and just watch everybody talk about everything. Praise the Lord. However, despite all those efforts, the question still lingers. What happens after I die? Now, for some, this question is so haunting that they determine that they will try to beat death for as long as possible. 
And their method is to preserve the body. They engage in healthy eating to an extreme degree. You know, people just pick a little dirt up off the ground, sprinkle it on their tongue, and that's their whole meal. (laughs) They exercise to an insane measure. P90X, and they have an exercise program called Insanity. To an insane measure. Looking at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And even spiritual applications like mindfulness and yoga are all implemented to create longevity. Some take it even further than that. And they make sure that the body looks as if it is not even aging. In our day, the cosmetics industry is a multi-billion dollar enterprise. As women and men (laughs) ride behind their wheel of the automobile, engaging in the first uh, way of distracted driving. Distracted driving didn't start with cell phones. Don't let these people fool you. People have been driving distracted forever. As long as the T-Model Ford came out, people haven't been paying attention behind the wheel. From reading newspapers to applying eyeshadow, people have been driving distracted. You see them when you pull up at the side of of the stoplight or whatever, and they're in the car doing everything to make their body look like it's not getting any older. Y'all might as well say amen. They paint this. They line that, they snip and tuck the other until some cases they look like the 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 undertaker has already gotten to them before they can get to the box. I look at some people and I have to do a double take because they look like they should be in front of the church, memorialized. You know, the undertaker tries to paint you up and people come and say he don't look nothing like he was supposed to. Huh? Some people walk around with breath in their body like they're supposed to be in the casket. Just cake the makeup on. Layers and layers and hours and hours to try to make your body look like it's not getting older. But all of that effort does not change the reality that one day your body is going to fail. One day you are going to go to your long home. One day the silver cord is going to be loosed. One day the golden bowl will be broken. One day the pitcher will be broken at the fountain and the wheel broken at the cistern and you are going to breathe your last breath. And this life is going to be all over. This life is temporary. Tell that to your neighbor. This life is temporary. (laughs) You are not going to live here forever. Praise the Lord. When you breathe that last breath and life is all over, the dust, which is this body, 
that we spent so much time trying to maintain and sustain is going to go back to the dust. And the breath in your nostrils is going to go back to God who gave it. Then what? Mm-hmm. Then what? This is the exact question some who were a part of the Corinthian church in our text questioned Paul, the great apostle of Jesus Christ, about. Paul, who was converted from strict Judaism to Christianity upon an encounter with Jesus Christ himself, received confirmed revelation about this death question. And if you would, I ask you to take a walk with me through 1 Corinthians 15. You still have your Bibles? Let's take a walk through 1 Corinthians 15, amen, to uncover a powerful truth. And I would submit to you that in this chapter, in the Holy Scriptures, is the answer to that original question, what happens after I die? And for those who are listening to this word of God now and choose to believe what you hear, this will change the entire course of your eternal destiny and encourage you to hold on to Jesus the Christ. Because the truth we want to communicate to you today is that there is victory through the resurrection. Let us say amen. And so I would like to walk through this chapter and confirm three specific truths. The first is concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second is concerning the truth about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the third and final is that there is indeed victory that comes through the resurrection. Come back with me to the beginning of this chapter. Because we need first to understand that the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ is the foundation for the question of what happens after we die. These words are recorded in the first verse. Paul the apostle writes to the Corinthian church and to us. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Tell us, Paul, what is the gospel? You said in the third verse, I deliver unto you first of all that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures let the church say amen Uh, and so the gospel of Jesus Christ the death the burial and the resurrection is the foundation uh, upon which we answer this question we must understand this because Death is inevitable. The question is, is there any way to defeat it? And the answer is yes. Now, I must be clear. When I use the word death, 
I'm not talking about the physical cessation of breathing because that might take place. And it has taken place to everyone born into the world, praise the Lord, up until this time, whether they are a believer or not. The physical cessation of breathing can take place. I'm not referring to that. I'm not referring or referencing the, the organs and the different bodily systems, amen, shutting down and no longer functioning. That's not what I'm talking about. Because there is a type of death, amen, that we need to be enlightened to, which is a deeper definition. And that is spiritual death. Tell your neighbor, spiritual death. Praise our God. Spiritual death, as defined by the word of God, is separation from God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Separation from God. Separation from God when we were born into the world we were separated from God because of sin oh it's got to be talked about you got to talk about it people don't want to mention sin anymore because it makes people feel bad that are in it but if you're in sin you don't have any business feeling good sin is not something to be celebrated Sin is not something to be memorialized. Sin is not something to be uplifted. Sin is something that needs to be destroyed. Praise our God. Our sin separated us and still separates people from God. The Bible says in Hebrews 7 and 26, listen to this, that God is separate from sinners. Hmm. A lot of people don't want to think about that. They want to act like they have this close, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that God is separate from sinners. In other words, God cannot have fellowship and be one with those who practice sin. Tell your neighbor, it's impossible. You are not going to have a relationship with God if you live in a life of sin. And you might as well just identify it for what it is. Anything that is contrary to the law of God is sin. The Bible says it in 1 John 3 and 4. Isn't that what the Bible says? That sin is the transgression or the breaking of God's law. I don't know. Tell me about the law of the land, even though that might be nice to follow. God's law is greater than any law of mankind. And I'm here to tell you right now, you can stop at every red light. But if you don't obey the law of God, you're not right with it. You can stop at every stop sign. You can pay every tax. You can do whatever this world says you need to do. But if you don't, amen, adhere and obey to God's law, you're not right with God. You don't have the relationship that you could have with him because of sin. Let the church say amen. However, the gospel or this good news we're talking about of Jesus Christ is this, that Jesus came to deliver us from sin. 
<laughs> I wish I had a church that was just happy at the word of God. I'm going to be glad here that Jesus Christ came to deliver us from sin. Oh, let me jog your memory a little more. How many of you all remember what living in sin was like? How many of you remember the paranoia that set in with sin's life? How many of you remember the bondage that set in with sin's life? How many of you remember the addiction and, and the angst and the, the anxiety and the fear that set in with sin's life? And how many are equally or even more happy of the fact that one day somebody told you that you don't have to stay in that condition. But there is somebody whose name is Jesus Christ who is the only one that is able to it was prophesied that she, being Mary, would bring forth a son and his name would be called Jesus. For he shall save, deliver, in other words, deliver his people from their sin. Let the church say amen. Now, now this, is, this is extremely important. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. Tell your neighbor the only thing you have to look forward to in sin is death. Oh, some of y'all are afraid to say it. You in church, you might as well come on with me. Tell that neighbor again. Say, neighbor, the only thing you have to look forward to in sin is death. How many of y'all have a job in here? Raise your hand if you're employed. Even if it's not gainfully, you got a job somewhere. Somebody paying you something. Uh, even if you're getting rice at the end of the day, you're getting something. You get a what? That's a wage. Right? That's a wage. We can't even go to Stop and Shop now because they're fighting over that. I went to Stop and Shop. The gas station tried to get me the gas. They had the cones out. I said, what's going on? I said, maybe that one's closed down. So I went to another one. I saw the cones there. And it dawned on me. Duh. They on strike. <laughs> can't get no gas there, brother. And then all them points go. I had 60 cents off a gallon, too. Man. But you get a wage. You get a payment for what you've done. That's what the Bible says. The payment that you get for sin is death. Praise our God. That's why this gospel of Jesus Christ is important because faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only way to escape the horrible end of death, spiritual death, where God is inaccessible. Did you hear what I said? God is inaccessible. I'm here to tell you that some of the most sincere prayers are prayed from hell. Some of the people that cry out the most for help from God are people that are in hell right now. If they could switch with you and take your place sitting in this sanctuary lifting in my voice, they would do it. But for them, it's too late. What about you? 
You still have a chance, amen, to make a change. If you have faith in the gospel, you can escape that place of torment and pain and suffering. And it is only possible through Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen. Now, why do I make that statement that is only possible through Jesus? Well, let's move to this second point about the truth of Christ's resurrection. The only reason why beating death is possible through Jesus is because he's the only one that has died and come back to live again forever. Oh, we got to make that distinction. Jesus is the only person born that died, came back from the dead, and is still alive. There are even people that he raised from the dead, but they fell back to sleep. But only Jesus rose from the dead and is still alive right now. We just sang the song, he's not dead. He's yet alive. I I can feel him in my hands. Feel him in my feet. Feel him all over me. Jesus Christ, the God of glory, is not dead. Hallelujah to God. Again, because sin brings death, there is no way that we, people who are born sinners, can escape that fate on our own. And so we need a savior who is Christ the Lord. And we may believe that Jesus Christ took our place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When we believe that he became the substitutionary death, he was that lamb of God that taketh away the what? The sins of the world. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Not going to die spiritually. But you'll have what? Everlasting life. Somebody ought to give God a hand and praise for everlasting life. Uh-huh. When you believe this, that Jesus Christ died for our sins only out of his unending love, it will cause you to want to get right with God. The Bible says that the goodness of the Lord will lead us to repentance. Praise our God because when we are in a life of sin, we are in opposition to God. And the only way we can get out of that is to turn our back on the life that we are living. Amen. To discontinue, to stop, to cease, to desist. Everything that we're doing, amen, that is an offense to God. If God loved you so much, that he was willing to die in your place. My Lord and my God, he didn't have to do it, but he loved you that much. For scarcely for a righteous man, one would die. Yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet 
sinners, Christ died for us. He knew the kind of life you would live, but he also knew that you could have an opportunity to escape that life of sin. And so the way we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection is to personally internalize what Jesus did according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. When we repent, amen, we die to ourselves just like Jesus Christ died on the cross. When we are baptized in the name Lord Jesus Christ in water, being completely submerged and rising to walk in newness of life, that is a burial like Jesus was buried. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is resurrection power. That same power that was used to get Jesus out of that sepulcher and keeps him alive alive forevermore. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I can identify with the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. Do I have a believer in here? Just wave at me and say, I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, thank you, Jesus Christ. This is made possible because Jesus went through it first. Some people question whether Jesus really rose from the dead, but our text gives us a definitive answer. You still have your Bibles, I'm sure. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, these words are recorded. But now is Christ risen from the dead. Somebody say hallelujah. And he has become the first fruits of them that slept. Come back with me to verse 5. Because there were people that saw him after he was resurrected. He was seen of Cephas, that is Simon, surnamed Peter, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part, Paul wrote in his time, Amen. Remain until the present day, but some have passed away. After that, he was seen of James, then of the apostles. And he says, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. There are infallible proves that Jesus Christ indeed rose from the grave. If he went back to his tomb, amen, you wouldn't see anything there because somebody said the tomb is empty. Let the church say amen. Every other great leader of a religion died and if you went to their tomb, you could see their bones. If you went to Muhammad's tomb, you could see Muhammad's bones if you went to other leaders tombs Joseph Smith of the Mormons you could see Smith's bones yeah, but if you go to the tomb that new sepulcher where Jesus was laid if you could open it up and roll away whatever's in front of there you would see that the tomb is empty <laughs> ah, let the church say amen 
Hallelujah. And so people say, well, you're depending on uh, written literature for your point. But I have another witness. And that is a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, because one day I repented from my sin. One day I was baptized in water in the name Lord Jesus Christ. And on January the 16th in the year 2000, right here in this building, right in front of this altar, I called upon the name of the Lord. For the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do I have a witness? And so I stayed here one Sunday afternoon and I called on the Lord out of a pure heart. I said, Jesus, I need to be delivered. I said, Jesus, I want to be made free from my sin. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I remember on that day as I called Jesus, Jesus, save me. That's what I said. I said, Jesus, save me. And I had to say it more than once because I had to get rid of all of my external and internal inhibitions. You know how we are worried about what people are going to think about us. Worried about what people are going to say. Worried about everything else other than Jesus Christ. I'm so glad I stayed there until all of that external foolishness could get out of my mind. And after a while, it was just me and Jesus. And he began to work on my heart. Do I have a witness? And the more I said, Jesus saved me, the closer I got to him. And before that day was over, I heard myself doing something I had never done before and nobody taught me how to do it nobody pulled me to the side and gave me a recording on how to do it but this was a working of the Holy Spirit of God where he came into my body by his spirit and when he came and flooded my soul he came up out of my mouth in the form and demonstration of a language that I did not know. Rosetta Stone didn't give this to me. I didn't download Babel applications, but this was as the Spirit gave utterance. And when I heard this, knowing the Word of God, I said, this is the Holy Ghost. How many have the Holy Ghost? Come on and say amen. And so everybody, hallelujah, that doesn't believe, you ought to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. He broke the power of death. And now he's freely giving out that power to everybody that will believe and obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is believe this. I heard Jesus say, I 
am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. And he that believeth on me shall never die. Do you believe this? I said, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is able, hallelujah, beat death even in your life? Let the church say amen. There is another way. That is the other way, I should say. That personal experience. I can confirm that Jesus is alive because the same power that raised him from the dead dwells in all those that receive the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8 and 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin you still might experience the physical cessation of breathing and stopping that breathing but oh I'm so glad that's not the end of my story because the Bible goes on to say in verse 10 that the spirit is life because of righteousness let the church say amen verse 11 and said, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That means to make alive. He will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Shout yeah. I want to let you know there's no cream that can do this there's no exercise program that can do this there's no cosmetic combination that can do this only the power of the Holy Ghost that is tried and proven is able to beat the eternal hold and destruction of spiritual death. Let the church say amen. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor because Jesus lives I can live also. Come on and grab somebody else by the hand and say neighbor because Jesus lives I can live also. Let the church saying that and so I'm so glad in this last point that there is victory through the resurrection because of what Jesus has done. Paul explains that we don't have to worry too much about these old bodies. Come on and say amen. These old bodies give us trouble sometimes. Is that right? Sometimes you get a little 
cold. Sometimes you get another disease. Some of y'all saints a little older. Your hip starts to act up. Knees start to get stiff. You don't want to stay sitting down too long. That's why I tell y'all sometimes get up and move around a little bit so you can stay limber and not sit there and rigor up and stiffen up even if you don't feel like it. Sometime you got to get up and move just a little bit because the more you move the freer you become. I wish I had a believer. I said the more you move the freer oh Lord the freer you become let the church say amen these old bodies get pain sometimes they got a world of sorrow just can't keep to get it straight I don't care how much WD-40 you use mother sometimes it just seems like you can't get it straight don't matter all the medicine you use sometimes you just can't seem to get it straight let the church say amen but the promise to every believer even is that one day our change is gonna come come on and give God praise right there I said give God praise right there how many know that one day your change is gonna come I heard the Old Testament man of God Job saying Job 14 and 14 if a man die shall he live again see I told you people been asking this question for a long time what happens after I die if I die am I going to live again the answer was all of my appointed time I'm going to wait I'm going to wait till my change oh Lord till my change till my change comes lift your hands and say hallelujah I'm so glad that I've got a hope beyond this life I don't have to chase everything in this life I don't need all the money I know some of y'all want to be Donald J. Trump but I don't need all the money I don't need all the power I don't need all the prestige I don't need all the notoriety just give me Jesus shout yeah give me Jesus how many want Jesus somebody say I'll take Jesus for mine you can have this whole round world but I I wish I had a witness here I'll take Jesus for mine Shout yeah. Paul tries to explain it to us here in botanical terms. He said, just like the seed goes into the ground, but doesn't come up out of the ground in the same form. So everybody that goes into the grave with the 
power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Is going to come out of that grave without any trace of the corruptible limitations. High five your neighbor and say I'm coming up. Come on somebody. Say I'm coming up because I got the power of the Holy Ghost. Shout yeah. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. But it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. But raised a spiritual body. There's a natural and a spiritual and so don't worry about that natural body it might give you a fit sometime but tell your neighbor that's not the end of my story because Paul said flesh and blood is not going to inherit the kingdom of God anyway you not taking that body to heaven no more than a seed you plant comes up as a big seed come on and say man but the bible said i want to show you a mystery we shall not all sleep oh lord but we shall all be changed how many glad about it I'm going to be changed. How many of y'all got the Holy Ghost? I need Zion now. I need Zion. The church of God. To come on with me. I'm almost finished here. I said I need the saints. That got the Holy Ghost. In your soul. Come on Zion. Don't y'all sit back there like you. Don't know what's going on. You ought to feel something right now you ought to feel the word of God I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed tell your neighbor I'm going to be changed I'm going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump the trumpet is going to sound and the dead the physically dead but spiritually alive are going to get up I said they're going to get up they're going to get up from the grave come on this corruptible is going to put on 
in corruption. This martyr is going to put on immortality. So when this happens, it shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Tell your neighbor, death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up in victory. 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 Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah, Lord. Death is going to be swallowed up. That word swallowed means engulfed. That word swallowed means destroyed. Hallelujah. Even though right now you might not physically make it. How many are glad that on the inside you got a life right now you have eternal life oh Jesus right now I don't care how old you are if you got the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the spirit gives utterance you got life right now I wish y'all could hear him here that's why I don't come in here moaning and groaning I told y'all Wednesday some of you just need to be happy that you got the Holy Ghost stop moaning and groaning about your problems about your money being low I serve a God that when everything else goes he will never leave you never forsake you so you can boldly say he is my helper and at the end of the day I got it I got it I got the Holy Ghost joy in my soul peace in my mind contentment in my heart fire in my bones I got it like the Bible said and I feel it all over me I feel hallelujah you gotta feel you gotta feel the Holy Ghost in your soul and the more you praise him the more you feel him the more you pray the more you feel him if you lift your hands and give him the glory you will feel 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 the Holy Ghost Death, tell your neighbor, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? You might have had to mourn sometimes down here. When loved ones passed away, but rest assured, if they had the power of the Holy Ghost, they're not truly dead uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said they're not truly dead 
Come on, somebody. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, you get eternal life. And as long as you live right, somebody said, if I live right, heaven belongs to me. You got to live right. You got to do right. You got to obey the word of God. You can't moan and groan. You can't complain about it. You can't wish you were back in the world. You can't dip and dab and sin anymore. You got to come out from everything that's not like God. Stop that sinning. Stop that sinning. Stop that sinning. And come on over here where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on I wish I had a praiser here I said I wish I had a praiser because I don't know about you I'm so glad Jesus lifted me Satan had me bound but Jesus Jesus lifted me glory oh Lord Glory, hallelujah, shall glory, hallelujah, Jesus lifted me, oh death, where's your sting, oh grave, where's your victory, strength of sting, the sting of death is sin, strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. I need somebody to help me here. Somebody say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that gives victory, 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 victory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why in the Pentecostal apostolic church, this is just what we do. Because we've been truly delivered from sin. How many of y'all been delivered? Let me ask this. How many of y'all been delivered and you're still walking with Jesus? Are you doing it on your own power? I said, are you doing it on your own power? What power do you have? High five your neighbor and God and say, I got Holy Ghost power. Oh, I wish I had a church here. I got five minutes. High five the neighbors. I got a Holy Ghost power. You ain't there yet. High five somebody else. Say, I got Holy Ghost power. Somebody says something about the Holy Ghost. I can't explain. But I got it. I said, I got it. I got it. 
in my hand. Oh, Jesus. I ain't going to sit down and be dead and dry. I'm not dead anymore. I feel him in my hand. I feel him in my feet. I don't see nobody's feet. I feel him in my feet. I feel him all over me. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I praise him. Tell your neighbor, you ain't going to sit me down. But I'm going to give God the glory because I got victory through the resurrection. I'm going to shout my shout, do my dance, lift my hands, run around if I need to. But whatever I got to do, I'm going to give Jesus the glory because I got victory. I'm not anymore I'm free I'm free I'm free through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and anytime I want to praise him I'm a praise anytime I feel like moving I'm a move because I'm not dead anymore. But I got life in me right now. And all I got to do, somebody said, is stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. I dare you today. Get out that ladle. And sweat, Brother Steve, at. Come on, Brother Steve. Come on, Brother Steve. Stir it up. 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 Stir it up, 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 yeah! When I think about Jesus, what he done for me, when I think about Jesus.